0: I've been shoved off the stage too much let me uh, just go page 1004 I happen to know that it's John chapter 1 if you're in a smartphone or tablet (coughs) John chapter 1 page 1004 in the Green Bibles I don't know what page it is in any other? Uh, let get myself ready. A piece of cutting edge technology just coming onto the screen, onto the stage. I was around in the 1970s when they were the thing. <laughs> uh, I'm Tim, I'm the vicar here. If you're, if you're new or visiting, uh, I'm... Uh, I'm the son of James and Anne, I've got a sister called Sarah, I have a wife called Jo, uh, three children and a dog, I live just next door, that'll do for now. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you, if you're, if you're new here and you're kind of wanting to plug in, perfect timing, because we're, uh, over September, we're going to be basically preaching through these these banners, which are the kind of, the, these are the kind of pillars of, um, I would not want to argue pretty much any church, but at our church, we want to be overt and express what it is that we we sort of stack the ground that we stand on, or the pillars that hold us up, or whatever image or metaphor you want to use. So I'm going to be talking to get connected, uh, and to unpack w- why that is so important to us as individual Christians and as a church community, as we seek to share the love of uh, God in Jesus Christ. And actually, can I just say as well, if you're, so brilliant if you're here for the first time, because these next four weeks, in the four weeks in September, we'll be going through this and using that as an opportunity to say a little bit about who we are and what, what we're about, what's important to us uh, and how you can be involved and play your part in God's family here. So I'd love to encourage you, if you can, to, to see if you can come to all four Sundays in a row. Um, and that that may sound like a, an odd thing to say, got of course that's what you do on a Sunday, you go to church. But um, I know I was talking to someone just in the piece, and they <laughs> over the summer they had 11 consecutive stag weekends, hen weekends or weddings, 11 consecutive ones, uh, they were away, which that, that sounds um, like something of a record, um, uh, and so you, you kind of miss out on, it for all good reasons, a, that's a you know, great reason to be away, celebrating friends, getting married, but um, it would be brilliant so we come back in after off an amazing summer. And in this month of September, if we can all of us commit or recommit to being here, we'll, we'll just in these next four weeks really get under the skin of who we are and where the Lord is, is leading us and calling us in, these, uh, in this next season and beyond. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him... All things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Just jump to verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. flesh and made his dwelling among us we've seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth in uh in 2010 um uh, the film The so- Social Network was released, and it tracked the story of uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who, as I'm sure you'll be aware, is the, the founder and CEO of Facebook. And uh, it really charted the story of this um, Harvard undergraduate c- uh, computer studies. Kind of, he was a kind of computer nerd uh, and a bit of a loner, um, and, and knew himself to be and was desperate to, you know, get in with um, his contemporaries and, and, and buddies uh, uh, at university, but, but struggled to do so. Uh, and so he created this uh, sort of very primitive networking thing. And the rest, as they say, is history. The, so the, the Social Network film in 2010 charts this rise from, from yeah, sort of computer nerd to the youngest billionaire uh, ever. But the, kind of the plot of the film revolves around two lawsuits that were brought against Zuckerberg. Um, and the first was a, one, of his, one of his mates, actually, a good friend, and, and um, initially his business partner, a chap called Eduardo Saverin, um, who, and they fell out. And, and Saverin sued him and took him to court. But the second one, possibly more uh, significant, or intriguing at least, uh, was a group of the kind of social elite at Harvard, uh, they called it, it was the, the, the cl- it was a little sort of upper crust club, if you like, elitist club, um, called the Phoenix SK Club. And they sued Zuckerberg because they claimed that he had stolen their idea for Facebook. Uh, and uh, I can't remember whether did they settle or Zuckerberg won. Anyway, whatever. As I say, the rest is history, and uh, Facebook has gone on and its meteoric, meteoric rise. But what comes through, that the subplot of the film, if you like, is Zuckerberg's drive, some might say sort of almost compulsive obsession to be accepted. He, he desperately wanted the, the affirmation and the acceptance, the seal of approval of this, of this sort of upper crust elite. And he was, he was kind of piqued that you know, he, he wasn't initially accepted. He couldn't get in. Actually, uh, the commentators would say that one of the things that marked out Facebook in its in its sort of rise from its its rivals at the time, sort of MySpace and Bieber and, uh, and others, was that users of Facebook could elect who to who to accept and who to exclude. Uh, and that's how it sort of gained credence around Harvard and then the other university campuses and beyond. Zuckerberg, desperate to be in. And the reason is because, I would argue, Mark Zuckerberg, like every single human being on this planet that has ever been and ever will be, created by a God for connection. We are made to relate. We want to know that we, we matter through belonging, through acceptance, grieves us when we feel in some way excluded or that we are in some way missing out the the great irony of Facebook is that it it creates an awareness now in our 21st century sort of social media platform it creates an awareness of all sorts of things that are going on that we could be involved in, where we could find acceptance Uh, and of course the more we find out about them the more we realise that we're not part of them and so we have this 21st century acronym FOMO um, I mean, if I, if I ask my mum, who's in her 80s, wh- what does FOMO mean? She's got no idea. She <laughs> I don't think she's ever been on a computer, or she's just got herself an iPad. <laughs> Go, mum. <laughs> uh, uh, so she'll discover. Mum is about to discover FOMO. Uh, uh, for the rest of us, fear of missing out. And I, I see all these things, uh, invitations, things going on, parties, uh, events, and I, I, I'm desperate not to miss out. Why? Because I'm made with this deep, deep desire to connect. I I want to be part of what's going on. I want to be in. It's not a 21st century phenomenon. It's, as I say, it's right throughout history. Right throughout the whole of creation. We've been made in the image of a God who's made us to connect and and relate to one another. C.S. Lewis Put it in uh, uh, just in, in in the way that only he can, in sort of magisterial form. In the 1940s, he wrote an essay called "The Inner Ring," and he describes this this phenomenon, this this uh, deep des- deep deep desire in each of us to be in. And he he um, he describes it like this: Here, here's a here's a circle, a ring. And, and what happens is, um, and if we if you think about the first time you joined your place of work, let's say, where there was something of a team, two or three or more people in and around the office and you, you join there. Or maybe it's a, a, a sports team or a social club or you know, a bridge club up the road. You, you, join, you join a community as a, as a newcomer. Or, or we could talk about the church here. Um, and, and maybe this is your experience this evening. You're, you're looking to join us this evening and you're very conscious you maybe don't know anyone else here and you're new. We've, by the way, we often get people who are new most weeks People come in who are, are, are just, you know, heard about us or saw the door open, so they're trying out. And you, you, you're very, very conscious that you're kind of, you're here, and you, you, you're wanting to be in, but you, you know, you're on the outside. And and C.S. Lewis describes it. It's not. There's nothing overt. It's not like there's a list of. You've got to be like this, or look like this, or talk like this, and then you're in. It's not nearly as overt or obvious as that. It's not as fixed as that. It's very subtle. It's through things like humor, and, and kind of banter, and, and in-jokes. Um, it's through, and dress codes, and language, and, and kind of styles and vibes. And you can kind j- of, you, sl- you slowly become aware that there is a, a ring uh, there's an in crowd, we we might pejoratively say a, a, a clique, and we become very aware that that certain people are in, and others are out. And it strikes it strikes at our very heart. Lewis says he he describes the deep deep desire to be in, and the terror of being left out. We we long to be in. Do you, I don't know if you remember whatever in, situation you're thinking of is it your first day at work in a new place was it when you joined a sports team or a club is it perhaps when you when you came here I mean just because it's a common denominator for for right here and now why don't we use St Dee's and, and, and church as an example so here you are and you think oh, this this seems okay but the initial thing seemed I, I wonder if I could be part of here how do I get in and and so you see oh well the the guy with the dog collar the vicar that I think vicar, sort of aren't they? They're meant to be sort of leading a church. So, so you think, okay, I'll get to know the vicar, and so you get to know the vicar, and you break in. You go out afterwards, You say hi, and and the vicar says hi. I'm Tim. What's your name? And you get chatting to the vicar, and you're in. And then, and then, actually, as you as you begin to talk to the to the vicar, you realise it's a mildly underwhelming experience. <laughs> he's he, he's he's not as talented as you maybe initially thought in in your own mind. He's he's not that bright or thoughtful or he he supports Fulham. Uh, And you realize that actually, even though you're in, as you're in a conversation with the vicar, and let's be honest, we all do this. You're in a conversation with the vicar and over the vicar's shoulder, you can see a much more interesting conversation happening over there. And there's peals of laughter happening over there. And that looks really good over there. And you realize that actually, Talking to the vicar makes you number one loser. <laughs> because what you've actually discovered is that there's, there's actually an, another ring to be really in. Someone mentions that the vicar's got a wife called Jo, and you think, ah, oh, there's the power behind the throne. I need to get to know Joe. Joe and so it's maybe Joe or it might be a member of the PCC or it's one of the worship band or it's someone who was telling that joke that everyone was laughing at and you think that's where the action is and so you break into that ring but then you discover that actually having got to know them they're not in the right group or they don't serve in the right place or they don't go to the same service or and there's all these rings and C.S. Lewis Let me just quote what he says. He says, the circle of the ring, the circle, cannot have from within the charm that it had from outside. He he talks about human nature ultimately and human activity. All our efforts to be in ultimately deceive and uh, disillusion us. Ultimately, they will disappoint us. And he describes it like this. You were not looking for virtue or kindness or loyalty or humor or learning or wit or any of the things that can be really enjoyed. You merely wanted to be in. And that is a pleasure that cannot last. Once we penetrate the rings we long to be part of, the acceptance loses its allure and we search for other rings to embrace us. And Lewis goes on to to describe it thus. He said, the thing is, when we look for acceptance, for authenticity, for affirmation from others in the ring, when we initially break in, or as we get further and further, if we look for our affirmation there, it will ultimately disappoint us, because we're relying on people who themselves are also looking for affirmation. They're also looking for acceptance. They're also looking to break in the rings. And even when we break in by our own effort and ingenuity, that itself doesn't satisfy. It leads to a pervasive insecurity. Because the real question underneath that is, have I done enough? Do do I know the vicar enough or this person enough? Am I funny enough to be in the funny crowd or, or cool enough to be in the cool crowd? Or have I done enough to merit being in this ring? to keep on trying and keep on working. I think, am I ever in? Will I ever be in? And C.S. Lewis says, ultimately, no. It will always disappoint. And the more disappointed and insecure, the more we try to secure ourselves by being in. The elusive nature of the inner ring, except there is at the centre Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is a different type of relationship at the centre of all those rings of relationship. There's a different type of connectivity. Uh, Christians have, have sort of teased out this understanding as, as Trinity, as God being one and three persons in relationship. God the Father, we've sung of him and to him this evening. He is the eternal father. He has always been a relational God, father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has always and eternally been the son. There was a big debate in early Christian um, history and actually in her fantastic course over the summer, Lydia, uh, when we got under the skin of all sorts of big theological concepts and we, we touched on this big debate about whether Jesus did he did he somehow become God or, or, or lose an element of God when he became humanity? Was he was he completely God and then he lost it a bit or or and just was kind of human, pretending to be God? Or when he was born, did he then was that when he became God? What was special about the incarnation and about Jesus living amongst us? or or, or was actually Jesus always the Son of God, and it's just it, it uh, clothed in the Word became flesh. John is quite clear in his theology. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, in other words, has always been in relationship with God. He's always been the Son, just as God has always been the Father. I mean, to juxtapose it, I, one of the most deeply significant relationships that I have is as a father to my three children but I haven't always been a father. I was born a son and I became a husband and then I became a father. That, that if you like, has, has come to I've come into fatherhood, but I haven't always been a father. But God has. So when the Bible talks about you and I being made in the image of God, whatever that means, it has to mean this. That you and I, made in the image of God, in the, in the kind of, if you like, the, the fabric and fiber of, of God's being, means that you and I, if we are, whatever else we might be, we are relational beings. We are created to connect. And we will forever be disappointed and we will forever fall short until we, we, we press through all these circles and rings and find ourselves in the center of the Trinity, which is God's eternal invitation to each and every one of those he's made in his image. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish in outer rings, but be found for eternal life. God, the relational God, calls us into ultimate relationship with him, the eternal relationship with him. And when we find ourselves at the centre of Trinity, when we find ourselves in beautiful relationship with God, not because we've merited it, not because we've earned it, or, we've, or anything of ourselves, we are there, John 1 verse 12, to order receive received him, to believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We, we, we're children of God, we're called into this relationship because he invites us in, he gifts us with it. It's his grace, his generosity. And that is why we're there. Nothing that we've done that destabilizes us and makes us insecure, all through his generosity. And it's from that center that's inevitably the love of God. Which sent out the sun and sends out the spirit, sends us out through the rings. Acts 1 to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to all those who feel themselves excluded or on the margins or on the outside and beyond. We go full of the securing, affirming, connecting love of God. And we, full of that love, spill over to those who don't yet know him. It's why it's, it's an absolute given of our corporate life together that we connect. Get connected to God. Get connected to one another. And by practicing connection with one another, we discover more and more of our connection to God. And that will fuel and drive our desire to connect with others who don't yet know the glory and the satisfaction and the peace that comes from knowing God connected to him. Briefly, what does that look like here at these? It'll be similar from other churches. If you're here, perhaps uh, you're new to the city, you've come from other churches elsewhere, or or it could be, I don't know. Assume that, you, you may be brand new to church, you're wondering what on earth This thing is. (laughs) Uh, I'd I'd love to refer you to last week's talk for how we get to know God personally through Jesus Christ and encounter him. But as we work out what that means, uh, getting connected, well, it means please hang around tonight. We've got this uh, social drinks, nibbles and so on. So please don't, if you can stay, we'd love you to stay. And uh, as Lydia encouraged us, um, I'd love you just to find someone you haven't yet said hello to, you've maybe never met. Um, and maybe even if it's just for this week don't talk to people that you know already you, you'll have other opportunities those of you who are home team to, to catch up with friends and so on just have a look around is there someone here whose name I don't know with whom I've not yet connected and, and, and on this Sunday over a glass of something and some, some nibbles connect There'll be one or two of us. I, I know there are a number in our congregation who wonderfully just love hosting supper parties. It may be that you find yourself invited by uh, one or two here. With a, they've got a real gift of hospitality, and they love cooking. Um, so if someone invites you I don't think that's weird. That's just kind of what we do to live out this value, to to connect. W- in fact, one of our values, w- we've got sort of core values or priorities on the, the board at the back there, and one of them is to pursue and develop and deepen intentional relationship. We, we, we wanna get beyond the sort of, hi, how are you, I'm fine, thanks, culture that sometimes you find in, in gatherings like this, in Christian gatherings like this, where we, we kinda wanna put our best face forward and say, oh yeah, I'm fine, when actually we're not. We, we, we want to create fora, be it midweek groups or, or, or intentional conversations at the back of church. We're not racing off. When we say, you know what, actually, uh, I'm struggling i've had a bit, i've had a bit of a, a low spell i had a panic attack the other week and i'm 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 struggling at work or in my uh with my housemates or as an issue that's really pressing in i well, i you know i'm not well i'd I, would you would you pray for healing i'd love you to, to pray can i just tell you a little bit about that can i can i invite you into the ring of my life as it were will you will you connect with me and would we be willing to have capacity to connect with others, to pursue and deepen authentic relationships—one of our priorities. So, you've got a chance to begin that process today. and maybe over supper with others, or, or through our midweek groups. We um, we run—we call them life groups. You might know them as m- home groups or connect groups. Or uh, it's just you know, even we're, we're not that big. I don't know how many there are. Sort of, I don't know, eighty, hundred, or so of us here uh, tonight. Uh, typical size for our evening service. We have plans and and desires for for that to grow a little bit. We don't want to become massive, but um, big enough that we can kind of celebrate, but too big that we can really get to know each other well, intimately. So that happens in small groups. And uh, we have uh, about 12, 14, I think, uh, small groups. I met with the leaders uh, just the other day. I asked for a show of hands. How many of the leaders would say they've got space in their groups? And most of them put their hands up. So some of the groups are full or at a particular sort of stage where uh, maybe one or two new members would, would would just sort of destabilize some of the uh, sort of nascent relationships. But most of the groups are Um, have got space and would love to welcome And they meet around about some south of the river, there's one or two north of us. Uh, Most of them meet on a Tuesday. Uh, As a staff team, by the way, and as as the vicar, just like you to know, I meet in a, we have a staff life group. I I do quite a lot of work in the evening, so I I find it difficult to commit to a, a, a church life group in the evening. And let's face it, there isn't a life group that would want the vicar as a member, for reasons I understand. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, that lot falls on the staff, they have to have the vicar. Uh, but we meet every Tuesday, um, and that is a priority for me. Um, and it, it really, I can sort of flex my work time. Quite often, my working day, just so you know, uh, <laughs> uh, just in case you were wondering if I did any work, um, it, I, I can often work sort of 11, 12 o'clock through to 10 at night. That's a you know, 10, 11 hour day. Uh, but that's how it works because I need to be available when you're available out of your work hours uh, or baptism visits or funeral visits are often, so I'm, I'm out a lot of evenings, uh, which means that I can take a morning, legitimately take a morning off. And, and there's a, I'm a member of a gym and I could go and do a gym class. Uh, so staff life group or gym class. It's, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> staff life group, Angus. Every time, every time. And I love that sometimes we challenge one another, sometimes we wrestle with bits of scripture, we worship, we pray, we do, do different things, but it's where our relationships are, are deepened. It's where people can speak into my life and I can maybe speak into theirs. I'm part of a prayer, well, not so, a prayer group. Um, uh, actually, our, our Joe and I have been prayer, had these prayer partners for about 10 years, and tragically, Trevor died last year. But we continue to meet with Kate, his, his wife, widow. Uh, praying with her the other day and we, I, I just shared about new term and I, I, I said actually you know I'm, I'm just struggling with um, I'm struggling with this uh, the thought of this as we launch into a new term and she as we prayed, she just had a, a, a word for me kind of a reminder of stroke rebuke given in love from the Lord and she said it, and actually, you know, I've been, th- I'm so glad she said it. It was so timely and it was so right, just before we launch into new things here. I needed that. And I'd like you to know there are people who will speak into my life. I need that. I'm, I'm made to connect. And when I am connected with people, then I grow, and I'm shaped, and I'm corrected. And... Uh, put on God's path so that I can be as fruitful as I possibly can for for your sake and for others. If I need that, with all due respect, so do you. Get connected to a life group or a, a prayer partnership. you can meet early in the morning, you can meet late at night, you can meet the weekends. You can if it's if it's you know me, um, Joe, Kate, and I we meet once every six weeks, something like that. I've got two other vicar friends, one's in Edinburgh, one's in Woking, so we don't meet that regularly, but we're all at the same stage. We're all in our 50s. So we've got a lot of things in common. So when we meet, we just go straight in. About three times a year, uh, we've got a meeting coming up in Southampton. (laughs) It just happens to be, well, anyway, uh, that's where we're meeting. I'll I'll block out time in the diary to do that. Now, my job allows me to do that. You have to work it around your house. Make it work. But Make it work. Do it. Connect. Connect. Because you are made by a relational God who created us to connect. Finally other things coming up and going on where we can as a church play out and work out that connection. We can connect or reconnect with God through Alpha. Uh, we run the Alpha course as many of you know, but this new resource uh, I think it's been going about a year now this new DVD resource is outstanding. It really is and I uh, I've run a, a Uh, Lydia does it now, and before that, it was Pat. So I haven't haven't directly been involved in an Alpha course for a little while now. But um, I've been ordained 20 years. I think I counted up the other day. I think I've run or led 25 Alpha courses. And I've loved every single one of them, and every single one. I never got tired, and I never got bored. I always got something new out of Alpha. Whether it was something I had missed in one of the talks, I thought, that's a good point. Or I was reminded of something I'd kind of forgotten. I thought, yeah, that's so good. Or more likely, in the conversation, in the groups, people have insights. There's always new insights, new sort of elements of God that I've missed. And I come away going, that is so good. I'll be honest. There were times when I was running Alpha and involved with Alpha when I thought, oh no, Alpha. I, c- I could do with a night in or this telly, footy on the telly or uh, Alpha. And if I'm, if I'm honest, I sort of had to make myself go to Alpha. Never regretted going. He came back off Alpha. I'm so glad I went. It was always the right choice. It was always a good choice. Connecting in with God, with others. So Alpha starts on uh, the 10th of October. And maybe you want to come to refresh your faith, or you've got a colleague at work, or a contact, or someone. Maybe you don't know them that well. In fact, often they're the easiest to invite. A, you know, a good friend. You feel like you've got a stock of friendship that you could, you're kind of putting on the line here, and you could lose. But someone you you kind of you sort of high, high acquaintance of the coffee queue or the photocopier, you've kind of got less to lose in a sense. But know, I'm doing this course at my local church run. Do you fancy coming with me for the first night? They do free food. What's not to like? See, what's the worst they can say? You might be even more bold inspired by the Spirit to offer a real direct invitation. You know, I believe we're made to connect. Why don't you come and find out more about the one who made us? Uh, connect with him, find out who Jesus is, why he matters. So um, Alpha, connecting him with God. Connecting him with ourselves. We're, we're running two what we call toolkits this term uh, on the 2nd of October and the 21st of October. And it's the kind of spill of the, the cafe theology course that, that Lydia wonderfully won run over the summer. Uh, and one or two things sort of, you know, questions and things arose out we had to park at the time, but we want to to come back to around really, I guess, around identity and how we understand ourselves in a world that I mean, goodness, the the kind of is it? I think Facebook, where is it over? There are over 30 identities that you can choose from. Um, are you cis male or? Cis female, are you trans male, trans female, are you bi, are you allied, are you uh, bisexual? my goodness me, there's a whole load of LGBT plus categories that you can choose, oh, is that how it works these days, I can just choose who I want to be, how do we understand who we are in relation to God and in relation to one another in a world that seems to be quite confused? So we want to look at, um, how do we understand our identity? And as as male and female, if if those are categories that still stand, then how do male and female interrelate in the church? Because I warrant you, there are one or two passages in the New Testament that uh, seem to be a a little bit at odds with our 21st century understanding. Um, And some people have, you know, there are different interpretations from Christians that I respect around um, the role of women, for example, within the church, within the family, and therefore within the community. So we wanted to kind of have an opportunity to explore all that for us to connect with one another and to understand how we connect and interrelate. So Alpha Connecting with God, Toolkit uh, Connecting with each other. We we run them on the, the majority home group nights, life group nights, which is a Tuesday evening. So we'd love you to come as your life group um, and and wrestle with these issues with your life group, with all the other life groups on those two evenings. So it would be great if you if you chose to meet centrally for toolkit rather than in your separate groups. Uh, and and the final um, chance to connect is with these occasional all together services and Sundays that we we run. And the next one is on the fourteenth of October, Sunday the fourteenth of October. Uh, it, it, by I think God's providence if not a happy coincidence or unhappy coincidence um, that is going to be Georgia Pearson's last Sunday with us um, Georgia who's, who's sat here she is uh, has been wrestling with this praying with this talking with me for some time about this kind of call I think in her gut and in her heart to head back home to uh, Australia where, from where she hails uh, her just different things going on in her, in her family illness and, and so on. And she felt, actually, I think for this next season, I need to be back there. And with a heavy heart, she's moving on from us. Uh, so uh, no sort of farewell speeches right now, but we will on the, f- the 14th of October is her last Sunday with us. But I just think what a way to honor an incredible servant of God on our staff team. She has done way over and beyond her job spec, which she does brilliantly. Uh, but she has, she is a, an extraordinary colleague and friend. Uh, and servant to us all and the wider community. And um, so if only to say thank you so much to Jordan and honour her, will you put the 14th in your diary and will you aim to be there? It's at 10.30, it's in the morning. Um, It's easier for us, if we're honest, with a little bit of sacrifice from weekend plans, it's easier for us to get to church in the morning than it is for a whole family with young kids, different ages, tea, bath, bed, all that, to come in the evening. So we've thought about do we invite the 10.30 to come in the evening or do we invite the f- evening to come at 10.30? And we've landed on the latter. I, th- I think it's easier. I recognize it's costly. It just means you, you, you know, the whole weekend you'll have to come back. You know, it's Saturday. Uh, but you're here for Sunday. What we'll throw in, okay, just quid pro quo, you get a lunch. So we lay on lunch. Oh, there's a bouncy castle. So you can kick the kids off and you can have a go on that as well. We get it. It lives under there. Inflate that. Great fun. So fun for all the family. But, but here, here's, the, here's the serious point. It, very rarely do we meet all together as a as a whole church. And I, and Lydia, uh, and one or two others who were involved across the piece on a Sunday, I know some of the I know some of the quality people who come to 8:30. Um, I know I know some of the quality people who come at 10:30, and they do kind of jobs like you do, and uh, they uh, they're so sim. I mean, I know this. They've got so much in common with you. They're just maybe. Ten, fifteen years, a bit older, which means they've got a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more insight, a little bit more experience. A- anyone here w- looking for a mentor? <laughs> anyone here wish there was someone I could talk to about this situation at work or this crossroads in my life? W- we're, we're full of those kind of people who can say, "Well, I've been to one or two of those crossroads before." At ten thirty, what a what a brilliant way of connecting with the wisdom that we have in this church, rather than siloing it in morning and evening. So. So that's why I, my, my plea is, because I, I know how it works, all together at the fire, go, oh great, we've got a Sunday off. Let's go, to <laughs> let's go there, let's go there. Let's find out what else is going on. And, and, and for this one Sunday, the 14th of October, w- will, you, will you commit to coming here? Which means you can also, if you want to be really religious, you can go to another church in the evening. But, but gather here to connect with the church family, to, to, to live in the richness of who we are in God get connected I'd love in the opportunity in just a few minutes time we're going to worship again we're going to pray uh, uh, or just uh, as in wait on the Lord Uh, and then we'll slide into uh, drinks and social and so on I think Liz is going to get us to sort of clear the space and we'll have space to mix and mingle and to be intentional about connecting in with our church life here if you've got particular questions or things you want to ask me then please I'm going to be around available I'm not racing off Lydia uh, and others as well um, if you really want to be in Joe's going to be around too uh, so you can chat to her uh, if you want to join a life group come and see me Lydia we can point you in that direction or um, uh, who is it on the back Ho- Holly Holly yeah so go and chat to Holly at the back she can point you in the right direction there's things to fill in if you want we can have your details if you're happy with that so we can h- no so that you can connect in with all that God is doing here. Let's pause. And I can't remember, it's just as, yeah, if I invite Matt and the band back, I uh, can't remember who it was, he said it might be, was it Angus? He said uh, earlier on that it's, this time of year is a little bit like sort of a new year, you know, back to school, new term, new starts, and, um, and many of us, I think, we've, we, we make sort of new resolutions. And it could be that you're in that season where you're, you're, you're just wanting to reappraise and reprioritize. And as I've been speaking, the, the spirit of God challenging you to, to, to go straight to that inner circle to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's, but, but forget the, all the churchy stuff, that's secondary. In fact, why don't we? Yeah, let's just stand by way of response. We, we're going to sing in just a few minutes, but just to shift our position. And in a sense, as we stand, it, it, that's almost a, s- a statement of intent. I'm standing here, Lord. And some of us, we we've, we recognize that that effort that disappoints. It, it it leaves that horrible sort of taste, that that heaviness. Oh, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and I I feel like I'm on the margins. I don't feel like I'm really. Uh, it's that sort of, oh, that, that's almost cringy kind of, uh, And you, you, you just cut through the circles to hear the voice of the Father through the eternal Son, inspired by the eternal Spirit, inviting you into the dance of the Trinity.